I laughed. I cried. I was moved. I was astonished. I was amazed. <laughs> Actually, I'm exaggerating a lot. Okay, I did laugh. I did laugh. And I was definitely entertained. Let me entertain you. As Freddie Mercury once sang before, ladies and gents, this is Charlie Tate. I am back from an unintended longer break than expected. And that is because if you remember, I was... Okay, wait, back up. You're probably going, okay, wait, 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 wait. Why were you moved? Why were you amazed or not? I watched Flash Gordon the other day. I watched it for the first time, maybe in its entirety. I do think I've seen the film before or at least pieces of it, but not recently enough to remember it at all. So it was like experiencing it for the very first time all the way through from start to finish. And the reason I watched it is because, of course, I am today kicking off Queen's next album. Their ninth, released December 8th of 1980 in the UK and January 27th of 1981 in the US. Ladies and gentlemen, this is, of course, Flash Gordon. Right? I can't even say it without tacking on that little end there. Yes, I watched the movie. And I watched it because I haven't listened to the album itself alone in peace or in its entirety at all. Okay, maybe I did one time when I was still streaming their work before I owned everything. But now I actually own the album and I still haven't listened to it. I thought it would be more fun to avoid listening to it until I go through the songs independently in each Queen Deep Dive, and instead to start by watching the film and hearing the music immersed in it. I needed context. I needed to understand what this music is saying, what it's expressing, the visuals that go with it right? I needed the whole experience. So in order to get that, I had to watch the film. And I got to admit, yes, yes, it was fun. <laughs> it was total perfect camp. There is a reason this film has a tremendous cult following today. Flash Gordon. Flash Gordon. It was pretty great. And I got to admit, I was actually surprised to see a number of awesome Actors in this thing. Shame to Paul, Timothy Dalton, Brian Blessed. I, I had no idea. I was looking at all these faces going, I know that guy and I know that person. And oh my gosh, they were in that too. I had no idea. So it was quite fun. Yes, perfectly camp, perfectly fun. And I want to talk more about the film a little bit as I get into this, but let's, of course, focus on the album, the soundtrack album. I didn't actually consider this a Queen album, not technically. And there are others who would think, say, the same. So for a while, I didn't have this album. I didn't own it. It is, in fact, the most recent one I bought because when I was going through my Queen Deep Dives, and I was initially trying to decide, do I want to include Flash Gordon? Because this is not 
your typical Queen album. It barely registers their progression with their own music. And there's, of course, there's a reason for that. This is a soundtrack album. It's experimental. It's highly synthesized. It's not meant to be a representation of Queen the band, so to speak. In fact, one man in the band was at the helm for most of this. And I just learned that. I wasn't even aware of that until I read some interviews and reviews and more information. And it makes me realize, oh my gosh, that's why X, Y, Z, right? And we'll get into all of that. But needless to say, Flash Gordon was just a consideration for me. And then I hit this weird wall. Remember I told you about the wall. I hit the wall when I was going through my last few Queen Deep Dives and I thought, I am not as motivated as I was. And this is the perfect moment to become reinvigorated. And I am, I'm really excited because the film was fun. The soundtrack is interesting, and I haven't listened to any of these songs in great detail yet. And yes, a lot of them are simply brief themes. There's not a whole lot of depth going on with most of this, but it's supposed to be flashy. Yes, flashy. Ah, (laughs) it's supposed to be flashy and fun and expressive. And it is. Flash Gordon. Ladies and gentlemen, we are kicking off Queen's ninth album today. And it was recorded just like its predecessor, The Game, in two sections, two chunks. It was recorded February through March of 1980. And then the guys picked it up again, October through November of 1980. And it charted number 10 in the UK, number 23 in the US. You know what? For a soundtrack album. That's not bad. And it was number one in Austria and number two in Germany. Interesting, huh? I have some band comments. Band comments, and they're all Brian. Brian is our commentator here because primarily he drove this project. Yes. Did you know that? That Brian was the one who really grabbed hold of this and said, We're going to do this. And yes, all of the boys contributed. But Brian, I think he really owned this. And in 1980, he told Melody Maker, quote, we wanted to do something that was a real soundtrack. It's a first in many ways because a rock group has not done this type of thing before or else it's been toned down and they've been asked to write mushy background music. Whereas we, were given the license to do what we liked as long as it complemented the picture, unquote. And Brian again with BBC Radio 1 in 1983 elaborated further saying, quote, obviously it was written under different conditions. It's a Queen album with a difference, but we wouldn't have put it out with the name Queen on it if we didn't think it was musically up to scratch in that sense. So it was music written for a film, but with the idea that it will stand up as an album, even if you've never heard the film. So hopefully it tells a story like those children's records you buy, which I like very much, where they tell the story and then they have the music and everything. You don't need anything else. It's just your own little world, unquote. And that was really a first. 
No one else had done that like that. So when you hear this and you realize this was kind of an innovative new thing to put sounds, dialogue from the film right there with the music, you suddenly go, oh, these days that feels a little bit antiquated, a little bit dated, but that's because so many other soundtracks have done that sort of thing since that time. But in this moment, that was a fairly unique approach. And I think it was a great one because honestly, even if I hadn't watched the film, if I had chosen to listen to the album alone without the visuals, I probably would have had a fairly good idea what was going on. And that's also because the songs are titled to keep us going through the story. Love theme, escape from the swamp, et cetera, et cetera. You can get a feel for what's happening simply by the music and the dialogue. And we'll know more about that as we go through this, because really, I'm just kind of assuming <laughs> that's the case. <laughs> I haven't actually listened, right? I haven't actually listened to the album in detail at all. And that's why I'm so excited to dig into this. Flash Gordon. Critics, fan sentiment, you say? Well, there's some division here. Not unexpected. At the time of this album's release, Record Mirror loved it. Yeah. Quote, this is the sort of stuff I haven't heard since Charlton Heston won the chariot race in Ben-Hur, an album of truly epic proportions that warrants an equally epic five out of five. And it was actually written five stars out of five stars, not five out of five. I saw the original article clipping. Very cool. And even Sounds praised this album. Quote, as a film soundtrack, Flash Gordon is something extraordinary. Unquote. And even film reviews of the time praised the soundtrack as the perfect companion to the film's camp and glittery visuals. But, but, Smash Hits gave this album only two out of ten. And over the years, opinions have diverged further. Rolling Stone published an album guide in 2012, giving this only two out of five stars. In 1992, Chicago Tribune rated it one out of four stars. On Sputnik Music, the album retains a 2.3 rating, and the featured review rips it apart. Here's just one little gem. Quote, when they, Queen, got called to do the soundtrack to the 1980s sci-fi action movie Flash Gordon, it seemed like a match made in heaven. A bombastic rock group playing for a cheesy science fiction thrill ride? What could possibly go wrong with that? Well, almost everything went wrong. Unquote. That is harsh, and there is more where that came from, but that's all you need to know. Fans and listeners are all so divided, with some calling it fantastic for what it is, and others criticizing its release as a quote-unquote studio album rather than a soundtrack album. But I don't know that that's really an accurate assumption to make. I'd have to go back and look at all of the marketing. Was it actually written Queen's ninth studio album? Or was it more announced as a soundtrack album? Queen's ninth and first soundtrack album. 
perhaps. Was it ever promoted as such, marketed as such? I'd be curious to know. But the comment I read most from fans now, from people now, as a standalone album without any context of the film, it doesn't hold up, musically speaking. But look, isn't that the point? Per Brian, this is meant to be experienced as a piece of the story and the film with those infused elements of dialogue and sounds in it. And he even said something like, you don't need anything else. It's just, your, it's just your own little world. So yes, the goal was to tell Flash Gordon's story. But I think what Brian's getting at there is you can take those elements that are put with the music and kind of create your own thing. I mean, of course, this album is not meant to be just a musical piece. It is a companion to these visuals, which at the time were in some people's minds pretty cheesy and a parody of other films that had recently come before it. Sci-fi in this moment in time, late 70s, early 80s, was on fire. I mean, you had Star Wars, the be-all, end-all of everything. Space Cowboys, you know, that's, that's basically what it was. When my mom went to go see Star Wars and she saw the second one, Empire Strikes Back, many times, many times. Or the fifth one, I'm sorry. (laughs) If we're going to be specific in the entire episode catalog of Star Wars. She went to go see Empire, Empire Strikes Back a ton of times. She loved it that much. And she said the thing was, when the original Star Wars, when A New Hope came out, it was groundbreaking. When the, when the climax of the film happened, and I don't want to say anything in case you're one of the few who hasn't seen it, people stood up in the theater and cheered like it was a football game. That's how into it these people were. It was revolutionary, right? People hadn't seen anything like it. And it was kind of a space Western. So that started this whole series, this whole theme of these copycats. And Flash Gordon was just one of those things that had elements of that kind of story and the themes. That's the other thing. In sci-fi film and media, prior to things like Star Wars, you didn't really have these musical themes for people or moments, right? Think about it. Think about every great film you've seen, every epic film you've seen within the last few decades. Everybody has a theme. You know, Luke in Star Wars has a theme. Leia has a theme. There's a love theme. I can hear it in my head right now. It's beautiful. Can't you guys hear it? If you've seen Star Wars, I know you hear that in your head. Lord of the Rings. The Hobbits have a theme. Mordor has a theme. Every single important element of a story has a theme. And that's what was done with Flash Gordon here. And the Flash theme is the most obvious thing we get from that. So needless to say, Flash Gordon was just one of many of these films that had that kind of vibe and jive. It was a whole thing back then, and people were all over it. And that's why a lot of these reviews for the film itself praised the soundtrack as well, because they thought, hey, this is the perfect element of soundscape that you need for this. It's a perfect element. And you know what's more? I was reading about the film itself. They weren't sure 
how they were writing it while they were filming it. They were bouncing between super serious and kind of funny. And so what ended up happening was the final product has this mishmash of both. And I think that's what adds to the campiness and ultimately to its appeal over time. As an interesting fact, I had no idea about until I started reading about this film. And it makes so much sense. And I think the soundtrack further captures that energy. Some fun facts about Flash Gordon, Queen's ninth overall album. Director Dino De Laurentiis, please tell me I'm pronouncing that correctly. He wasn't even familiar with Queen or only just when the band were actually approached to do the soundtrack. It was the director's team who decided to inquire with the band. And of course, uniquely, this album contains a lot of audio from the film itself, which was an idea that Queen probably Brian, had to provide narrative to the soundtrack. Only two songs contain vocals, primarily Freddie's lead, with Brian and Roger providing backing. Freddie designed the famous Flash Gordon logo. And the very theme of the film itself gives it its fabulous over-the-top identity, right? And one can't imagine the visuals, the title, the characters without it. That's how... Tied together, these elements are. And that's a pretty good job when you consider that we have Brian at the helm for the soundtrack with all the guys contributing, of course. We have Freddie designing the logo and then we have the visuals of the film and it all comes together. And that's when you know you did something right. No matter what people think of it, that's when you did something right. But while the boys worked on this album, in two distinct sections, like the game before it, it was all secret and hush-hush. Nobody wanted anyone to know that Queen was doing the soundtrack, not until the film was released. And Brian, of course, drove development for the soundtrack. And alongside Mac was the sole producer of the album, with, of course, all of them writing, playing, contributing. But Brian played all piano and organ for the arrangements. The soundtrack also includes additional orchestral arrangements by London-born composer Howard Blake, and much of his work never made the final cut. He wrote some 90 minutes or so worth of material, including additional orchestrations with Freddie, and a lot of it ended up on the cutting room floor. I'd be curious to hear more. There are elements when I was watching the film it was very distinctive from the rest of the music, and I thought, I'll bet that's Howard Blake's contribution right there. These beautiful, sweeping orchestral arrangements. And I kind of wanted more, and it made me wish we could get our ears on some of those items that were cut. Both Blake and Queen were nominated for a BAFTA award for their musical contributions. Freddie may have been spotted, at least once or twice, in a Flash t-shirt during the guys' tours around this time. And on their North American and Europe tour to support the game, moments from this soundtrack, Battle Theme, Flash, and The Hero, were added to the set list. And the band delayed the release of a Greatest Hits album to allow the Flash Gordon soundtrack more time in the spotlight. An interesting choice, and I think a good one, because, hey, let's face it, their Greatest Hits album, when it was released, 
pretty big deal. But this album, Flash Gordon, as I said, yes, flashy. Hey, come on. You know it's flashy. Dramatic, tense, invigorating. Really, I think the boys provide the perfectly dynamic and yes, just can't be enough soundtrack to accompany what has become a cult classic. With synths now in the mix, the band set out to create a blend of fun rock and experimental electronica, if you will, indulging in expressive, enigmatic arrangements. And it worked. Just like the bright and vivid colors of the film, the boys provide sounds that stun and surprise and sometimes amaze and even sometimes, yes, make us laugh. Over the top, but hey, it's Queen. All you gotta know is early albums of Queen and you know the guys love to give more, more, more. Over the top, just as it should be. Lava lamp visuals, truly. Have you seen the skies in this film? Accompanied by dreamy, sweeping, epic sounds. I think the guys really nailed this, honestly. Each of the boys' distinctive styles and tendencies shine in their contributions, their pieces. They capture the energy, the emotion of the film scenes well. The explosions, the smoke, the shininess, just enough classic elements of piano strings combined with the synthesizer pulses and the swoops and the sweeps. We've got that sparse piano, pumping pedal bass themes, almost entirely devoid of harmony that take us through the journey of Flash Gordon. Tritone shifts, very surprising chord changes, perfect for a sci-fi flick, littered throughout these compositions. And yes, Brian's rocking guitar makes quite an appearance, lyrically so, and I was waiting for it. It did not disappoint once I heard it. When it bursts in, I was so excited because I hadn't heard it all film. And suddenly there he was, so distinctive in his playing, Brian. Flash's theme, sprinkled through various tracks through the film, it's like an iron thread, holds it all together. The boys not only understand the concept of theme, those themes we talked about for people, for events, emotional moments. So theme and identity, I think they encapsulate it. This does indeed feel like Brian's album. Flash's theme, nearly all of the second side of the album. He wrote those songs. He definitely brings the classical brooding elements to the music. And it makes sense. This is what I was saying. When I was watching this film, I hadn't yet learned that Brian took the reins on this soundtrack album. But it made perfect sense. I was thinking, why is Brian so predominantly on side two? Well, there it is. He was driving this project. They were all passionate about it. They all dedicated time to it. They put aside the release of their greatest hits just to focus on this more. I think they all took it seriously. Not so seriously that they didn't have fun, but I think they all knew it was important and experimental. And they wanted to do something really, really well here. And I think they succeeded. Freddie's propensity for key changes surprise and fantasticalism, can I say that? And drama are completely present. John even brings some soulfulness to the mix. And Roger might be the most surprising of the bunch, composing the love theme. Very thoughtful, passionate melodies, soft and soothing, reminiscent of 
Blade Runner, other 80s sci-fi epics, if I dare say. Seriously, when I was listening to that moment, I thought, wow, that is a far cry from anything loud and bombastic we get from Raj. But then again, we have had drows. So there are those elements there. It does feel experimental and maybe a little hesitant sometimes, like they weren't quite sure if they were in the right spot, depending on the track and the moment. But ultimately, what we get here is the boys enthusiastically composing and performing an energetic, satisfying soundtrack that creates the classic mood of this campy cult classic. This does feel less like a Queen album. I mentioned that early on in this episode. Because of its structure, Brian's heavy involvement, which further disconnects it from the band's discography, I think. It almost feels like it's his album in a way, despite the fact that the only dominant vocals are in fact Freddie's in the Flash theme. It's just interesting that we have an album like this in Queen's discography. It really is this standalone kind of anomaly in their entire catalog of work. But I think that's what makes it special and that's why we're going to have so much fun as we burst through this Flash Gordon. This does rank low on fans' list though, or sometimes it's even non-existent on fans' list. When I see people talking about Flash Gordon, and Queen, and ranking Queen's albums, I think because this is most certainly not your typical studio album release, people kind of dismiss it. And I'm not going to lie to you, up until recently, I was one of those people. That's not a Queen album. Not really. It was written by Queen, but it's not meant to be digested in the same way. It's not meant to be experienced in the same way. Again, it's experimental. It's different. It's a totally new approach for the guys, and ultimately a unique approach for soundtracks of the time. So this is a very, it's a big diversion, not a diversion. (laughs) It's a big shift. Diversion. Wow. Flash. Ah, savior of the universe. Indeed, we are kicking off Flash Gordon. And I'm really excited. I think the next I think the episodes, as we go through the tracks, are going to be quite brief because many of them are short, and I think they're going to be structured differently. You know, know, I always do, I always talk about facts and quotes and all that kind of thing, but this album is so unique. I don't think I can do it the same way, and maybe this will be a breath of fresh air. I'm really looking forward to this. And I hope you guys come through this with me. And I hope if you're not, if, if you're like me and you kind of thought, oh, it's Flash Gordon, but you want to figure out, you want to learn more about it. Maybe you watch the film too. And you're thinking, okay, I want to dig into these songs as they are as standalone musical numbers. I want to do that more. I hope you'll come with me because I think we'll discover some new appreciation for this. And I think it will be fun in the process. All right, guys. Keep yourselves alive. Keep yourselves alive. All you people, keep yourselves alive. Okay? And again, I'm so sorry I was gone for a while. I didn't know what to do. I did not know what to do to kick off Flash Gordon. But we are here, kicking it off. 
and I'll be back next time, you guys. Have a wonderful day, fabulous night, and I'll talk to you guys next time. It's going to be fun. Stick around.